0: Uh, we are continuing to deal with the laws of Adayot, which is perfect because it's uh, Parashat A HaCharemot and Kedoshim. And uh, we were um, last speaking about half-siblings, whether the various Adayot apply to, half, if it's a half-sibling, is it only the paternal half-sibling or also the maternal half-sibling? We talked about ants. Uh, so now we're going to talk about wife's sister and brother's wife. Uh, so is wife's sister only prohibited if it's uh, the wife's paternal sister and or also the maternal sister? The same thing for brother's wife. Uh, then we're going to talk about how come karet is specifically mentioned regarding the prohibition against a sister if everyone is, uh, if, um, the rest of the people on the list are also ayave karet. Uh, why is, does it mention childlessness, adirim? Uh, regarding an ant uh, then we'll see the source that initial insertion that was a topic also that we began yesterday and we're going to continue the initial act of insertion um, during cohabitation is considered an act of four various categories uh, then we'll say why is it mentioned she Zeda in three categories and finally we'll get a, um, a, a an exact definition of uh, initial insertion okay so we begin with the case of half siblings, and we begin with a, a somewhat complicated Mishnah from later on in the Masechet. Vahaditnan. <laughs> Amrulo meta istecha. A man is married to a woman, and he hears that she, a rumor that she died. It turns out it wasn't true, but he thought it was true. <laughs> and Then he goes and marries her paternal sister. Well, marrying sisters is permitted if one died, so he thought it was allowed. And then, Meta, then he heard that the second wife also died, and he married that woman's uh, half-sister, maternal. And then, Meta, he heard that she died also, and so then he marries that woman's paternal sister, Meta, he heard that she dies also, and then marries her maternal sister. Uh, What would be the law? then he's permitted to only every other one, one, three, and five. Okay, let's see the case graphically. Here we have a man. His name is Oven Okay, first, before that, before Uven comes into the picture, we have this woman who's married to some man. They have a child. Now they get divorced. And then, or they don't have to get divorced because a man could be married to two women. So then this guy uh, he has another wife and he has a also a daughter. So these two are paternal sisters. Uh, this woman then goes ahead and she divorces that one and has a um, and marries someone else and has a child. And that child here is uh, Sara. Uh, so these two are maternal half sisters. Um, then uh, this guy goes and takes another wife, uh, So has a, has a daughter. They all have daughters and so these two would be paternal. And then finally she uh, gets divorced and marries someone else and has a daughter and that's a maternal uh, half-sister with this one. Good. This guy comes and he marries the first uh, sister, call her A, B, C, D, E, he, for he marries A. He hears that she dies, so she he takes the sister, paternal sister, he hears that she dies, takes the next one, he hears that he dies, takes the next one, and so on. Now it turns out they're all alive. So what's the verdict? What does he do here? Uh, well, he uh, he married the first one in a p- permitted way, so that's totally fine. The second one is a sister. Now, if you try to marry your wife's sister, it doesn't work. So he was never actually married to B. Um, so if he if they slept together, it would be um, a prohibition. But they're not married. Now, since they're ma- not married, he can take the C because C, A, and C are not related at all. So the kiddushin with C works. The kiddushin with D does not work because they are sisters. And uh, then uh, the kiddushin with E works. So he's permitted to A, C, and E, every other one. Uh, the point of the Gemini bringing all this is that uh, you see that these um, are paternal sisters and uh, these are maternal sisters and uh, well these are also paternal uh, but uh, the uh, point is that it wouldn't matter if it's paternal or maternal because they're alternating. Well we'll see from the next case uh, in a second. Um, okay so that's uh, one law and if this guy the Uben, should die without children which is hard to believe because he's married to so many women he might have some other co-wives also uh, but if it should happen he dies without children then uh his brother can do you uh with uh, a c or e if he does with any of those then the other co-wives uh, can, are permitted to go marry anybody else, all those who he is married to. Um, but if he takes, uh, the other ones, then, well, they're not actually his, he's not actually married to be. And D, and so therefore that would not help the co-wives. Uh, only if he actually takes does he boom with one of the people he ends up being married to. Okay. Um, okay. And he the um the, the original uh, brother he is now prohibited to B and D although he thought he was married to them turns out they're all alive so he is never he is not married to B and B in fact is his wife's sister is also this wife's sister uh paternally and maternally so doubly bad and the same thing with here and if he does if he dies without children he does he boom with one of those then it does not um it does not allow the other, Wives, the ones who were actually wives, to go out and marry anybody else. Okay, now Mishnah is not not done yet. Same case with one change that. He married A, and A, he thought A was uh, uh, died, and she really did die, okay? But everybody else is the same. So he married A, she really died. So now he marries B, that's permitted. And uh, then he heard that she died, but she really wasn't, and married C, then in that case the marriage to C is, um, is no marriage because they because she was alive and they are sisters. He goes ahead and marries D, that's okay, that's permitted because uh, D and B are not related. And then he heard that she died also and married E, but E is not is uh, a sister of his wife and so therefore there's no kiddushin there. So if uh, we have A and A really did die, then the process kind of starts over uh, with here, with her, and this is B and D. Uh, the point of, uh, introducing this case is that even though these are maternal sisters, nevertheless, uh, they are, it's a prohibition, of karet, and, uh, the kiddushin will not work, uh, for a paternal sister or a maternal sister. Alright, so that is the Mishnah. And so now, here's what, here's what we brought in the first place. And therefore, a wife's sister is prohibited to the husband, and it makes no difference if that sister is the wife's paternal sister or maternal sister. Okay, good. So we know that it's obvious from the Mishnah. Here's our question. How do you know? What's the source in the Torah? And sir, Ya left ben ab ben ben ab ben We can learn it from one's own sister, one's own half sister is prohibited, both from his uh, paternal half sister and his maternal half sister. The pasuk said uh, said all that explicitly. All right, good. But now we say, hold on, me do dato. Why don't you learn from his aunt, meaning his aunt through marriage, his um, father's brother's wife? Where in that case, this case makes uh, makes everything complicated, because it's the one case where it's only on the paternal side, not on the maternal side. So why don't we compare the wife's sister to the case of the uncle's wife, where avelomina m, mm-hmm. It's only a person's father's paternal brother's wife that's pro- that's prohibited, um, but not his. Maternal brother's wife. So we could use that as the source. Afkan mina and so here also regarding wife sister. Could we say be the same thing? Mistabera. So we answer Mista Shikin me kerobe No, it makes sense to do it from his own sister because that's his own relative and uh, similar to the wife's uh sister, which is also it's on the same generation, it's much closer, it's his relative, and not the father where. The son is prohibited only because of the father. It's the father's sister-in-law. Right? So it makes sense to compare one's own sister-in-law with one's own sister rather than with the father's sister-in-law. So that's closer. Um, and therefore both sides are prohibited. And then we question that. Wait, there's a similarity the other way. Why don't we learn the two cases that are prohibited through marriage? Which is the wife's sister is through is permitted through marriage, and so is the uncle's wife. So those two are actually more similar than one's biological sister. <speaking in Hebrew> but we conclude, you know, what's better to uh, learn from the um, eshet <speaking in Hebrew> ach, the the brother's wife. Okay. Altogether a different source, uh, from the brother's wife is the, is the most similar to a wife's sister because both of those have that in common that they are through Kidushin, through its, through marriage, and they are his own relatives. And since his brother's wife is prohibited, both if it's his paternal and maternal, uh, therefore that is actually more similar than either of the other cases. And so now we have a source for that. Okay, so that concludes line one, the wife's sister. Now, brother's wife, you just introduced as a source, but we never discussed that itself. And how do you know that a brother's wife is prohibited? Whether it's uh, a half brother from the father or the mother. So now we're going to quote a braita. Braita follows the usual structure of Midrash Halacha that gives a thesis first. Quotes the says, yes, this is both from the father and from the mother. But then it questions that very thesis and, and requests a proof. Is it both from paternal and maternal? Maybe it's only the paternal half-brother's wife that's prohibited. Oh, we can learn it logically. We'll compare it to a sister. This sister says so explicitly in the Torah, from from the father or from the mother. Okay, good. Oh, killakhle derzo, but then the midrash challenges itself. Well, you can go in a different direction and say, once again, the one case where it, there is a distinction, in the uncle's wife, madodato afkam min just uncle uncle's wife is only prohibited. With the father's paternal brother's wife, and not maternal's maternal brother's wife, and so we could compare the um, brother's wife to this to father's brother's wife. Well, let's learn the what is closer. Um, so, his, what's 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 closer to this guy himself? Uh, it would be his own sister is closer to him than his father's brother's wife. So if you're going to compare one, you should compare the brother's wife to his own sister because that's, uh, him be- prohibited because of him and not because of the father. Uh, but the other two have something in common So on uh, so another you could learn the two things that are prohibited through marriage which is the father's brother the the father's brother's wife As through marriage and also the brother's wife that we're trying to prove is through marriage so those are more similar and don't bring me Don't bring me the sister, which is a biological relation And so now we don't know which one should we compare it to Oh, so for this, you know, we can't we cannot actually compare it to one of those two cases because both of them have some similarities instead we're going to learn it from that pasuk itself that has an extra phrase. It doesn't only say, prohibited to your brother's wife, but then it adds, that is the nakedness of your brother. It's prohibited because of your brother. This extra phrase comes to add, not only brother from the father, but also brother from the, from the, from the same mother. And there you go. And once we have this case, uh, then, uh, we can use it to, that, that this was the source for, uh, the previous, but his, brother's, brother's wife was actually the basis for wife sister, because those are the most similar. All right. We're not done with this case yet, because we have a couple more questions. Maybe both, uh, this whole pasuk is assuming only a paternal brother's wife is prohibited. And as to the question, what about this extra phrase, ervat achi maybe that's there to teach something else. chadad yesh banim vechadad banim so maybe we need two because uh, there are very there are various subcases of a brother's wife. Remember, this is the case of ibum, where if he dies without children, then the brother's wife is actually permitted. That's Iboom case. So we have to make sure to exclude any cases where ibum does not apply. So maybe we need one part of the verse when the husband when they have children. And the husband is alive. That's for sure not allowed. And we need another one to say that what if there are no children and the husband is alive, but they got divorced? In other words, his brother had a wife and they never had children. He got, they got divorced. Maybe then the, the other brother can take her. You might think it's okay. And so maybe that's why we need the other one. Um, no, well, that we reject that. That we already discussed, um, a page ago that if there is no, uh, if, they, if he's alive and they have no children, it's, it's still prohibited. We learned that from the extra word nida um and why is it say Nida? she's not always nida. and when explained that just like a nida is is prohibited now but at some point will be permitted um so too uh the um in this case uh, the husband the brother the the brother the brother's wife is prohibited as long as he is alive but only after he's dead so prohibited even if he has children if prohibited, even if he has no children and he's alive, it's prohibited, you have to wait only after he dies. So we learned that already from Ravuna, from the word nida, so we don't need the extra phrase to learn this. So we're, so, so now we're back to good, that we have the extra phrase to teach us the maternal. But we challenge again. No, maybe both, both parts of this, of that pasuk, are all paternal uh, brother's wife? And why do you have two phrases? One is that it's prohibited when uh, he has children and the husband is alive, and the husband is alive. And the other is when he has children and the husband dies. Right? Maybe you need a pasuk to tell me that if your brother dies and he has children, it's also prohibited. That's what the other. That's what the second of the pasuk Tachicha, is coming to teach. We challenge that. Hold on. I don't need a pasuk for you to tell to tell me that um, if my brother dies with children, that his wife is pro, 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 uh, prohibited. I can figure that from the Lo Yibum. Lo Yibum says you can only take your brother's wife if he had no he had no children. So I can infer my own. That if he has children, then it's prohibited. I don't need another pasuk to tell me that. Oh we reject that because we say it's not necessarily a good inference because I might have read it this way if she has if she has no children really this means that if he has no children just usually if she has no children then he has no children also um and uh so if he has if you if the brother dies without children, then the surviving brother is prohibited then then sorry the Yavama she is prohibited to marry anybody else but she is mar- uh, uh, she can marry only the Yavam so that's the case of yibum. but uh, I might infer if they die, if he dies with children then she is permitted to anybody and she's also permitted to the Yavam right maybe the difference between two cases is that in the first case when she has no children she can't marry anybody else only the Yavam but if she has children she can marry everyone and also the Yavam that's also an, a, a logical inference. Or another way that you can uh, interpret those Pesukim without deriving uh, this case. Maybe if there's no children, then the Avam has a mitzvah to take her. And if she has children, then he can. It's optional, but no mitzvah. Or yet a third. Or we can go back to the... Uh, the, the original derivate uh, uh, inference and say, yeah, yeah, I'll agree with the inference. Or if she has no children, then the Yavam can take the Yavama. And if she has children, you're not allowed to. But from here, we cannot learn any Sur um, uh, love, um, but rather, it only says it's an ase, uh that Yavama yavo Alehi, he should take her. And so that's an inference from a an Aseh, that if they have children, you shouldn't do it. That is a lo ta'aseh michlava, le, le, me, that comes from an aseh, and that has only the strength of an aseh. So, therefore, uh, we need the pasuk um, to teach uh, to teach me uh, in all these three uh, scenarios, doesn't matter. The point is that we would still need the added pasuk, rahi, to tell me that there is in Isud love when he dies uh, when he dies with children, that is uh, also an is- uh, 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 that's prohibited, and there's is an Isur uh, love. And so I cannot use that second half of the Pasuk to teach me that a maternal brother's wife is prohibited. All right, so we give up on that pasuk and instead we bring a different one, the one from Parashat Kedoshim, V'Kata uh, Leviticus twenty, Katab Kera Hadina, Advat Achiv and there it says he has revealed his brother's nakedness, and that's uh, different from the one in the pasuk in eighteen, and uh, chapter eighteen, and so there you go, that's how we know it um okay one last point in this category if you just uh compared a um a sister in law meaning a, a brother's wife and it makes no difference if it's a paternal brother's wife or maternal bro- brother's wife, then the next logical step would be that I can do yibum in either way and say, just like with uh, uh, a maternal brother's wife, and it's the same as paternal. So just like the paternal one, after the brother dies without children, uh, she is permitted, the Avama is permitted to the avam. So also from the mother, it should be permitted. And then, so you would have a yibum with the maternal brother's wife now we already did reject this possibility a while ago because there's no inheritance there the whole point is that the child have should have to get the inheritance um but that's where we would know for that there's no mitzvah how do we know that there would actually be a prohibition even if the brother dies maternal brother a maternal half-brother dies without children that it would still be prohibited isur karet how do we know that? So that uh, same original Pasuk says, <laughs> that word he says, <laughs> she remains as she is. And so therefore, um, the, this uh, this Pasuk, said that, that word he, is coming to add that uh, she remains prohibited if it's on the mother's side, even if he has no children. From the fact that the Gemara quotes the word "he" from chapter eighteen, um, and that is how we know the maternal uh, wife's, and, and, uh, and, that's, and that's connected to the maternal brother's wife. Uh, we see that um, the Gemara's understanding that in this baraita, it's the this pasuk from chapter eighteen, the That extra phrase is the one that's coming to teach that the maternal, the brother's maternal. The maternal brother's wife is prohibited, and this, when they are looking for another pasuk to teach me that when she dies with, when he dies with, with children, that also is prohibited. That comes from the pasuk in chapter twenty. Um, all right, and that concludes uh, this entire section, and so we go back to our outline, and right now we're up to the next part, which is looking at the various. Uh, uh, distinguishing features of language within the chapter uh, in 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 the Torah regarding the arayot, it has a lot of words that appear regarding one or another. And really, if you're just reading peshat, it's hard to explain why certain phrases are mentioned with regard to one or another type of arayot. So now we're going to ask about karet regarding the prohibition against the sister and Aririm, which is actually mentioned in two different prohibitions. So question one: karet la mali. Regarding one's uh, prohibition against one's sister, the pasuk says, "Veish al shedi kach et achotah bat avivo batimah, ve'rat avataviv he ter et avatov chesed hu ve'nikhetu le'ane bnei amam." So there you go. It has the word karet and is in public. Uh so it's a very serious one. Okay, great. But it says in the summary Pasuk of the whole uh chapter of Adayot, So it already says karet regarding all of them. Why it has to why do I have to specify that there's Karet in the prohibition against, uh, the sister. And the answer is, Lechadir Rabbi Yohanan, the man Yohanan, Sheim Asa'an Kulam Beha Alem Ahat, Hayab Alkol Ahat Ve Ahat. Yohanan teaches, comes to teach that, let's say someone, um, pro, uh, violates, Adayot uh, Bishogeg. He didn't realize it was prohibited, he didn't realize what these people were for whatever reason. So, uh, there's a general rule. If one violates multiple times within one period of forgetfulness, then usually it all counts as one. Like on Shabbat, if you'd cook a lot of things, cook many times within one period of forgetfulness. You didn't realize with Shabbat, you still only bring one korban hatat. And so I might think that here will be the same thing. Within one period of forgetfulness, someone violates a adayot with his sister, with his sister-in-law, with his aunt. Um, and then he realizes, oh, what a terrible thing I did. I might think it's only one a uh, hatat korban hatat. Rabbi says no. That's why it says karet specifically by Ahoto. Uh, to say that just like Ahoto alone requires its own karet and own korban hatat, so too any violation of adayot, even within one period of forgetfulness, will require its own hatat. So one would have to would have to bring multiple hatayot for multiple uh infractions even within one period of forgetfulness. Okay, so that's the answer. Well it'll be it's then we ask about that. He learned something else from this from this pasuk regarding uh sister, and he said of all he asked the same question, all everything that uh, uh, um, uh, all Chayavei Kadotot were in regard, were included in the summary Pasuk. So, Wackamas says regarding Ahoto, his sister specifically, that's karet, And the answer is that he gets Kadet and not lashes, even if for all these things you need someone to give him a warning and say, you know, if you do this that uh, you're gonna get a punishment. Let's say the warning and the warning, he says, oh, if you do this, you're gonna get lashes. Now, that's not true, right? Actually, he's gonna get karet. So, if he gives the wrong warning, then would you give him lashes? And he says no, right? He had, he, can, he gave the wrong punishment, and therefore he does not even get lashes. He only have to give the right punishment. If you do this, you're gonna get karet. And he says, yes, I know. And then he does it. Only then you get karet. So since he uses the pasuk for something else, how does Bizchak know the rule that you have to give multiple chataot, even within one period of forgetfulness, that we divide each Violation, and the answer is nafkalim me ve el isha benidat tumata al kol isha ve isha. Oh, he it from a different pasuk here, where it says uh, regarding nidah, ve el isha to a particular woman. So karet we'll for this particular woman. And also could for another particular woman if it was a another type of uh, transgression within the same uh, period of forgetfulness um, okay this is why it's a little hard to understand this ve'el isha because uh, you know what else is going to say ve'el nida Um so I guess it could not have said without the isha I have a suspicion even though it's not in any manuscript uh, that perhaps this is has in mind the pasuk regarding nida in chapter 20 because then it does say again, besides the summary pasuk, it says here uh, so I don't know, maybe no, this is regarding sisters here. The next one, this is regarding Nida, and it says V'nikritu here as well. Um, so perhaps that's uh, um, what the, the pasuk that this camera may actually have in mind. All right, now, so, we resolved, uh, this question of why it says the word karet, uh, regarding sister. How about the childness, child, uh, childlessness? Dodato. If one is, um, uh, takes his aunt, Now, if you look carefully at this pasuk, it's not actually about an aunt. The pasuk says, gila This is about one's, a brother's wife the case of Yibum, and it says if he takes his brother's wife not in the context of Yibum, then they will be childless. Uh, okay, so you see that it's quoting actually the wrong Pasuk here. Uh, it, says, it does say the word Aridim regarding an aunt, but that's a different Pasuk. A'esheh et dodogila, meaning his uncle's wife, and khatamisao adirim yamutu so it says the word yamutu regarding an aunt and it says regarding one's sister-in-law uh, okay so the pasuk uh, the the uh, uh, tamud here is quoting the wrong pasuk for for dodato. Uh, however if we check the manuscripts we'll see that um the almost every manuscript except for one, uh, is okay. It's the most manuscripts just say Dodato de barachamana Lama Lichad It just says uh, the um uh dodato that says that says um or dekatab barachamana adirim. And it doesn't say It only has that in the Vatican manuscript and in printed editions. It does not have the word yiyu. And any other manuscripts. So that's, um, that's correct. This, uh, we should take out the word yehu here, and then ask, okay, dato that says, Aririm, why do I need that? What's it coming to add? And here's the answer. and then it brings the other one, Aririm Yamutu, uh, which is the one regarding brother's wife. HaKesad, so why does it say both of these? to teach that in these particular uh, prohibitions one will also be childless, childless. Uh, why both of them? That if he already has children and then violates any one of these, then his child the children that he already had he will bury. and if he does not yet have children, then he will not have children any uh, even he will not have any children in the future. Or if he does, they also will be buried. Um, and how do we know that? Uh, so it'll further elaborate. It has to have used both verbs, and "yamutu." If it just said they, they will be, they will become childless, then maybe that only means from from the children that they had until the time that they sinned. Um, because it doesn't say yamutu, yamutu means they will die childless, means any future children. So if I only had you, I would only know the children until that point when they sinned. Uh, but from then on, maybe not. That's why. yamutu. If it only said that they will die childless, maybe only from the point of their sin and on, any child that they will have will uh, be buried. But maybe the children that were born beforehand will be okay. And that's why it has both. All right. This is, in fact, quite interesting, Um, at least for the one regarding brother-in-law, the uh, sister-in-law. Um, uh, the This one here. It is kind of ironic that it's saying um, that... Uh, the whole point of Yibum is, if, the, if he has no children, is to marry his, aunt, marry his sister-in-law so that he will have a child uh, with uphold the name of the dead. So this is uh, the opposite. It's going out of its way to say, if you try to marry your sister-in-law, then you're not going to end up having, that, will not, that marriage will not result in any children if it's done in a prohibited way. Uh, so it does make sense that um, this should emphasize having children since the Yibum case is the opposite. All right, ha'ada'a la'vin Okay, the next section is uh, regarding the, uh, the, we're talking about initial assertion. We're going to define exactly what it is, but for now, let's just call it that, um, assume that it's when the male inserts only the tip uh, the, of his member um, into the woman. And is that is that considered a, a prohibited act in and of itself, or does it require... Uh, full insertion. So the law is, yes, even initial insertion is considered an act, but we want to bring a proof in all these categories for Torah prohibition, love, for Torah prohibition regarding Kohen, for prohibition derived from a positive commandment in the case of Vivama, in the case of a wife. So let's see. How do we know that in a regularly sur love, uh, even initial? We already discussed on the previous staff that in a sur karet, uh, that ha'ada'a, is uh, prohibited. So the answer is oh, So it's because in this case of the um, cases, and here it adds the word, not only do they, uh, are they, they have intercourse, but they have intercourse um, that cohabitation with seed, which indicates that it's full to completion. So in this case, uh, you require a full intercourse to completion in order to be liable. What case is this? He She's talking about when you have a Canaanite uh, maidservant who is married to a Eved Ivri, uh, which is a permitted relation. Um, if they are married and she commits adultery, then, she, and he who does it with her, does not get the death penalty, uh, in this case. So, Isha Shirish Kab et Isha. So, this, a man, a Jewish man, who takes this Shivcha, who is married to an Eved Ivri, and he has to full completion in the act. Then the next pasuk says, The punishment is only in asham, And so this is lesser than the usual love that requires lashes. And so you see, in this case, it requires completion in order to be Chayav, uh, in asham. So since uh, the pasuk goes out of its way to say Shichvat Zera, here, so, so, that means only in this case do you require full completion, in a case where it's more stringent, a regular that requires lashes, then even just the initial, initial, will, will be, will, will be punishable. All right, so that's how we learn it. Um, but then we ask on the Adarabah, Hold on, you could say the other way around. I mean, the Torah never says anything about the lava with lashes. So you could look at the other case, the more even more stringent case of Hayav Karet. And there, as we, as we proved yesterday, uh, even the initial Hada'a says, Pasuk says, even initial Hada'a uh, says, he-a-da in, uh, those, in, in, a case like that. And so we can learn from there, since the Torah says, he-a-da, is punishable in chayav karet, we can infer that if it's only love, then you require, a full, um, a full intercourse. Uh, so then we would learn that hada'ah in chayav e'lav, because it's a lesser prohibition, maybe hada'ah is not punishable. So, why are you comparing, why are you making an inference from the lower one, make an inference from the more stringent one? And the answer, no, in that case, you shouldn't, wouldn't have to say anything regarding Shiv because you could just say Karet case, that one is very stringent, so hada by itself is punishable, and I would refer from anything that, from there, that anything lower, the lab with lashes, the Asham, all that, would not be punishable, and so since the Torah add something about this, the the, uh, the Asham case, so then it come, must be coming to add that I infer up from there. Okay, lavin de min elan. Okay, I know that a regular love so now uh, that's punishable by lashes, uh, is is stringent enough that even ha'ara is punishable. But what if it was, if the what if it's a uh, specific to a kohen, kohen marrying a divorcee? There, maybe since it's, um, a more, uh, the prohibition is only for, for kohanim. So since it's more limited, maybe we would limit the application also and say hadaa is not punishable. And the answer is atya kiha, kiha. Um, it says regarding a sister, if a man takes a sister, so that's kiha. And it also says, uh, regarding a kohen that, uh, he, he cannot take. Zona lo yikahu, so there you go, says Kicha in both, so we're going to make it Gezera Shavah and learn that for Kohen. Also, Hada'ah is punishable. All right, ase minelan, what about a, a prohibition that we learn from a positive commandment, for example, uh, regarding the Egyptians and the Edomites, says, After three generations, you can marry them. We only infer from that that generations one and two, you cannot marry them. So this is a lower level prohibition. How do we know that um if one um has intercourse with only a in such a case that it is considered punishable atya bi a From here we'll learn uh since it says the word uh it says the word bi here uh, and regarding Mamzer, which is a regular love, So we see the same is true, just like with marrying a Mamzer, which is a regular love, which is the first thing we proved. Hada'a is punishable, so too here, hada is punishable. Okay, la shuk Minelan. If a yevama, without doing yibum or khalitza she goes and marries someone uh, not related, that's an Isur love how do we know that that would be that, that would be also prohibited? We ask on that uh, for hadaah. We ask on that ilamanda malav lav ilamanda malase ase. What do you mean? Yevamah? We already discussed already. Um, most opinions say it's an isur lav, so it won't be included in the same thing as lav. There is an opinion that we're going to see in page uh, 92 that says it's actually, uh, comes from an ase. See, the love is lo tiyeshtametachusa, she cannot be uh, with anybody else. But the ase is yevama yevohaleha, from the fact that it says the, that her yevamah has to be with her, that's an ase. We can infer that she cannot be with anybody else. So it's machlo, get there, if it's this way or that way. Um, but either way, we proved both the regular law to and we also proved the regular case of Ase. So, uh, what are you talking about? I already know the case here. Rather, what we meant to ask was, how do you know that if the yavam and yavama cohabit, but only with heada, only with initial insertion and not a full intercourse, how do you know that that is considered yibum? And the answer is, ata, atya, Um, so from the two, Instances of the word bi'a ah, yavo aleha, and also regarding mamzed, as we saw here, it also says lo yavo mamzed, and those. Uh, so these are. Um uh, we make a Gezrah Shavah that just like Ha'ada'ah Ha-ada'a is considered an act here, so it's considered an act there, and ibum is effective. Isha' le'ba'ala min'elan Now how do you know just a regular case of a man and woman trying to do Kiddushin? One of the ways of doing Kiddushin is with Bi'ah, and although we're not supposed to use that one, nevertheless officially it does work. How do you know that even just Ha'ada'ah between a man and a woman, will affect kiddushin. And the answer is, atya, kiha, kiha. This is not the Sedefloan one, but rather other, two other kiha's the kikach ish isha ubala, the regular case from which we learn, kiddushin, it says kiha, and it also says, regarding sister, it says yikach, and the prohibition of sister is also just haada'ah. And so too, the word kiha regarding kiddushin means even just haada'ah is sufficient. And the Kidushin will be effective. All right. And so now we um, saw the source for all of these cases. And uh, now, uh, since we did mention shichvat zera regarding one of the uh, proofs here uh, in the one, the, the one of the first question. Uh, the category, or the first category. Uh, so now we're going to go, uh, into that and say, why does, in fact, it says, that does the Pasuk say, Shikhva zera in three cases? In these three cases, the Torah says, uh, cohabitation with seed. Why? Why, how is that different from any, from the just regular cohabitation? So this We already answered it regarding Shifra because that prohibition is lowered only in asham in order to violate adultery with a maidservant, Canada, a maidservant who's married to an Evedivri. Uh, adultery and prohibition and the punishment of Asham will only be with a type of intercourse that will produce seed, and that is a full intercourse. Okay, otherwise he doesn't have to bring it. Alright, so we answered that question right. Um so the one regarding uh regarding Eshet Ish, where also says Shikhvat Zera, that is to exclude someone who cohabits this is not talking about necrophilia, uh, this is talking about someone who has uh, uh intercourse with um with uh, a married woman, but his member is dead. Right with a limp, uh, um, with a limp organ. Uh, Even if he, if, if he does that, he is excluded and um this is he would not be punishable but not would not be punishable in that case okay fine that answer works for the but this is subject to machloket it works for the opinion that says if one does commit adultery but with a uh limp member then they're patur. that's why it comes to exclude that only if it's a type of intercourse but there is another opinion that says even in such a case, with a limb member, it's still chayav. So then, why why would it, why are you saying zera? Eh, la perat meta. Rather, the word is this is an example of necrophilia. If he sleeps with someone's wife after she died, uh, then he is he is, uh, he, is uh, uh, he is not not punishable. Okay, there's other problems with that, but it's not punishable as adultery. Now, why would I even think it is? After all, after a spouse dies, they are not married anymore, right? There's two ways to get out of a marriage, and one is get, and one other one is death, until death do us part, so he, they, she's not actually married to him after she dies. I might have thought that it is a, still a prohibition of adultery, since the word she'era, this is regarding a kohen. A kohen cannot become a for any, any for a regular person, except for seven relatives. One of the seven includes his wife, and we learn to include his wife from the word she'erah. So even though you might say, "Wait a second! After his wife dies, she is he is no longer related to her. So therefore, kohen should not be allowed to become tameh to his wife." The pasuk says she'erah. It's his kin. It's his flesh. So she is still called his wife, even though she died. So I might have thought that in this case also, this uh, uh, someone who commits this type of adultery. Um, after her death, maybe would be prohibited because it's still called his wife. And therefore, this comes to teach only shich only a type of intercourse that could come to uh, have a child. But obviously, a dead woman cannot have a child. And so that's what it teaches us. So we answered the question according to either opinion. All right, this sotah lamali. Why does I say the word shikhvah zera regarding sotah? Lichet tanya. zera perat ledavar achher. There's a breita, um, strange breita that doesn't, uh, is ambiguous, it says. It says the word shikhvah regarding sotah to exclude something else. Well, what is that something else? Let's say in a general case of sota is when the man suspects his wife, he has to warn her and say, listen, you are not allowed to be secluded with that other man, meaning long enough that they could have intercourse. But let's say he warns her in this unusual way. And he says, I don't want you to be with that other man uh, in, and, uh, and have atypical intercourse, meaning from, uh, 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 anal intercourse. And he only says that. Uh, so, uh, this comes to exclude that, that, that she would not be a call to sota if he makes this limited type of warning. Okay. Hold on. It says regarding, um, re- regarding the definition of intercourse, this is uh, regarding homosexual intercourse. It says cohabitations of a woman indicating that either way, um front or back is considered uh is considered bi'ah and prohibited so it really wouldn't matter if he says or if he says this condition so it can't be that davad is referring to that perad la evarim maybe he said he he said to the his wife i am warning you not to fool around with that guy, uh meaning even just touching each other's limbs. Uh, that's what he's warning her. Don't even do that. And maybe that's what the word regarding sota comes to exclude that this warning is is uh, not sufficient and she would not be considered as sota. Uh so Amala Baya Bayer rejects us. It's pretty Wait, would you even think that this case would be called uh sota? This is uh, it is licentiousness, it is uh uh, not, uh, not, 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 not good behavior. Uh, but there's no way that this would be defined as intercourse with so just touching each other. And so therefore that can't be what the word sheikh zed is coming to exclude. Rather, must be talking about where he tells her, uh, you may not, the word kiss here means uh, that their uh, privates or will just touch each other with no penetration. And says, I want I'm warning you against that guy. Not even to do any, uh, not not even to do a nishika. So and uh, the shichvat zera comes and, and says no. That was not considered a sota, even if she goes and violates that warning, uh, because that's not considered um, that's not considered B A. Um, so, but this is something that maybe you might think that it could possibly be. Ah, uh, so it makes sense that the Torah would come and exclude that. All right. So Abaye's answer is good according to one opinion. Okay, that answer is is, is works fine according to the one that that defines a as the corona, insertion of the corona, which is the way that we've been assuming it means this whole time. But there is yet another opinion that says even the nishika, even just the external touching of the organs is already called ha'ada'a, in which case that is a full prohibition. It is called, it's, like the full, it's like a full b'a. And so in that case, it should not be excluded if he warns her. Uh, his wife uh for with nishika then she and she does go ahead and, and violates it then she will be a sota so according to that opinion michael Amad. what would they say What is the word regarding sota come to exclude rather we'll go back to the previous answer that is when he says don't even touch don't even uh uh, uh touch each other just like uh, uh touching each other I want you to, I'm warning you against that. And I might have thought that he can warn her in any way that he wants, whatever he is uh, is uh, uh um is upset about and he says i don't want you to do this so he can define what sota is and if he would say you know i don't want you to uh go in a car together i don't want you to you know talk on the phone together so he can he can say anything he wants and yeah this will be called a sota. Uh, so this comes shikhvat zera comes to teach me no that's not true only something that can be defined in some way as shikvat zera something that will be be the B a uh, in some sense, only that is something that he can warn her against and she will become an official sota if she violates it. Is only touching limbs, then that is not considered Shikhvatera, and she will not be a sota. Okay, that concludes that topic, and now we're ready for the last topic, which was or we already introduced that machloket, and what exactly is the definition of uh and uh uh so we wanna you know in fine detail we have to uh, uh know what this is. Amar Shimuel, according to Shimuel who lives in Bavail, um he says that the initial act of Bi'ah, which is considered punishable, would be even the organs uh the privates touching each other. And he gives uh, an example, if someone just touches his lip, if you put your finger touching your lip, then it's impossible to touch it without there being some kind, some penetration, some insert insertion, and therefore that already is called uh, act of bi'ah. That's that's what ha'dah, the beginning of Insertion is defined as so that's would be a more stringent opinion, even just this um nishika. Right now, we're going to see four reports of what Rabbi Ochanan said that made their way to Bavel. Um, all right, there's the three, there's uh, all, the two of them are the same, so there's really only uh, three. Different reports. So the first one is, This report is about what is called full bi'ah, the one that we say is called Zedah regarding the case. That is the corona entering, which would imply that if it was just, just, that it was just Nishika, that would be called Ha'ada'ah, right? Ha'ada'ah is just Nishika. So therefore, um, the, enter, uh, the the uh, entering, the inserting the atara would be is full. Now Mativ Rav Sheshat is going to uh, challenge that with a beraita that says Shichvat enochayav ela albi'at hamiruk. Now we have a, another word uh, that uh, the word Shichvat Zera means that uh, regarding Shifra would mean that one is liable only when the word miruk um, can mean to polish or complete or empty out I mean something about finishing. Uh, so only be that is finished. That is called uh, that is called shichvat zera. So this seems to challenge what we just said because if he Rabbi Ochanan indeed said that shichvat is the entrance of the atara, well then that sounds like it's less than miruk. So my love, miduk gid. Doesn't that miduk mean that the full member is inserted? Um, so we say, no, not necessarily, la meruk atara. Maybe meruk means uh, the completion in the sense that the atara is, uh, enters. Okay, a little difficult to to fit um, that interpretation, but um, possible. Second report from um, Rabbi haada'a zo hachnasat He also says, haada'a, um, this is uh, right here, he said, uh, so he's giving a different definition, um, and uh, he says Hara'ah is uh, the entrance of the Atarah. So that's what we were thinking all along. Um, that's the seems to be the opposite of Shemuel. And so now they asked him, wait a second, the first report that we got already uh, said that uh well I said that the full shiftsera is is the atara. So that's that so that that one's atada. And from there we can infer that if it's less that if it's um uh, that, uh, right, would be full, and therefore, would be less than that, only nishika. So, this is a contradiction. So, Rav Dimi says, well, either I'm a liar or he's a liar. All right. Because these two, in fact, do contradict. So we have, uh, two different versions of what Rabbi Yochanan said, All right. Another one of the Nechuta'e who come from Eretzis Salta Bavel reported in the Bible Hachnasat Hanan, This is the same as what Dravdimi said, that um, it's the insertion of the Atara, the more lenient opinion that we've been assuming all along. Okay. So this definitely also uh, contradicts Ravdimi. So this definitely also contradicts Ravdimi. Who would say that this uh, uh, atara is considered full uh, phobia? Uh, so for sure, argues on him. But Adishmuel mi lema palig? But do these both of these opinions here, uh Ravdimi and Ravin, do they necessarily argue with Shemuel? Remember Shemuel's formulation is haraah is nishika. So we can infer from that that if. Hada'a is only the touching, then more than that, the Atara would be full. And uh, that would, if you interpret it that way, contradict. But we don't have to necessarily interpret it that way. We say, Maybe there's a range. And Hada'a is defined as from the initial touch until the Atara goes in and all that is hada is the initial stage and anything more than that would be the full. And now he's the fourth person that comes from Israel and reports on Rabiyochanan and he says, Hada uh, This is the same um, But he adds more words to what Rabbi uh reportedly said and he said which is that gemar means gemar mamash meaning the full insertion that is the finishing of bi'a, and now he adds yet another statement from Rabbi mikan upatur aleha and anything from there forward meaning anything less than uh, the uh, anything less than atara is only nishika, only the touching. So, and if it's only the initial touching uh, without any insertion, then patur aleha. That's not considered an act of B a. and so you see, if in this formulation, Shmuel, this is argues with Shmuel, cause he said that hada'a is nishika. Uh, so the a previous formulation we could have reconciled with Shmuel, but this last uh, last one we cannot reconcile at all. This is interesting to see how they get each successive report from Rabbi uh fills in more and more. Of the picture until we finally understand that for sure Rabbi Yochanan must have disagreed with Shemuel, Baruch Adonai l'ulam. Amen ve